Welcome back to another Basketball Insider edition of the No Further Comments podcast. This is episode number 20. I'm your host, Alex Meacham. Now listen, the No Further Comments podcast is now presented by West Coast Vintage Apparel. You can go on and check out the site at westcoastvintageapparel.com. And I know you can't see this if you're listening, but the shirt I have on is from West Coast Vintage Apparel. The social media is on IG, West Coast Vintage Apparel. On Twitter, it's at WCV underscore apparel. You can go on there and get, we've, let's see, we've got uh, some Shining Star apparel from my AAU basketball program, uh, hoodies, t-shirts, shorts, sweatpants, all the, the new hottest, latest trends are up on there. Also, some kind of cool t-shirts that represent what's going on in the pop culture. Uh, Some shirts that have to do with college basketball, some UC Bearcat shirts. And uh, very soon, uh, West Coast Vintage Apparel will be releasing a bunch of new uh, shirts for this coming basketball season. Bearcats, Musketeers, Ohio State, all that good stuff. So make sure you check that out, West Coast Vintage Apparel. Now, if you want to hit us up on social media for the No Further Comments podcast, here are the following. On Twitter, at NFC Podcast. On Instagram, at NFC Podcast. And on Facebook, the good old trusty, reliable Facebook. It's just plain, no further comments. If you want to hit me up on social media, so I've had several people reach out to me about some of the past podcasts. Uh, they slid my DMs on Twitter and on Instagram. You can hit me up on Instagram at Alex underscore Meacham. Meacham spelled M-E-A-C-H-A-M. I'm on Twitter at Alex underscore Meacham, M-E-A-C-H-A-M. I'm on Facebook, Alex Meacham. And for all the young folks out there, I'm on Snapchat at Big Meach. 41. That's B-I-G-M-E-A-C-H-41. That's right, Big Meech. All right, so we've done, I think, like four podcasts recently that have done really, really well numbers-wise. And I highly advise everyone out there to go back and check out a couple of these because these are some of my favorite interviews and podcasts that I've ever done. And um, episode number 17 of the Basketball Insider podcast. I interview Nick Campbell, who's a junior in uh, Las Vegas. He goes to high school in Las Vegas and plays high school basketball. And uh, last year, October of last year, God, the anniversary uh, has already come up. Uh, He was one of the uh, people shot at the Jason Aldean concert by the the mass shooter, was shooting from the Mandalay Bay Hotel. And um, he was shot and almost died, um, but he survived, obviously, because I interviewed him. But um, he talks about that particular incident that day and what it was like to overcome uh, the shooting and what he's doing now. Just a great podcast, a very, very positive young man as far as what he's been through and his outlook on life. That's episode number 17. Now, episode number 18, 
I interview Ryan Custer, another very inspirational young man. Now, this kid went to Elder High School, played basketball at Wright State, and he goes from playing a college Division I basketball game at Wright State one day, and the next day he's paralyzed due to a, a, an incident that happened at Miami Oxford in which he was involved in. There was a makeshift pool, so and, and just you, you can go check out the podcast and, and hear all the things that happened that particular day in that incident that some things he's never really talked about. And he talks about where he is today, the mobility he has in his arms, but, but still nothing in his legs. Just a very inspiring young man. And, and Ryan Custer, like Nick Campbell, their outlook on life is incredible regardless of the circumstances that they faced. In episode number 19, we interview former University of Cincinnati Bearcat great Gary Clark, current Houston Rocket, and if you've been following the Houston Rockets during the preseason, Gary Clark has been playing great basketball, and the NBA is starting up uh, October 18th, which I'm going to, excuse me, October 16th, which is tomorrow, and I'm going to talk about the NBA a little bit later, but he will be on the opening day roster for the Houston Rockets, and a, just an excellent story of a young man who went undrafted, so check out episode number 19 with Gary Clark. Now, those are the Basketball Insider podcasts. I also do a No Further Comments podcast, which en encompasses all of pop culture, entertainment, music, um, politics, unfortunately, <laughs> or fortunately, whichever way you want to look at it. And I do this podcast with Glenn Riley, my, my very, very good friend, one of my longest uh, friends that I've known since I was a God, I was a kid, and, and our producer, Mario Doremus. Uh, we do that at the iHeart uh, Studios. Our guest on episode number 15 was Derek Forrest. We talk about uh, the Cleveland uh, Browns and Baker Mayfield. We talk about playoff baseball. We talk about Conor McGregor, the McGregor fight. Khabib, do you agree with what he did by attacking some people in the audience who turned out to be people within uh, McGregor's camp? Um, I give my thoughts about that. And we just talk about a lot of things, pop culture, uh, Lil Wayne's new album, all that good stuff. So that's episode number 54 of the No Further Comments podcast featuring Derek Forrest, who is a uh, sports anchor um, for a, um, a new station in Cleveland. Now, we will be back with episode number 55 of the No Further Comments podcast on October 29th. That'll be our Halloween episode, and we're going to cover a lot for that episode with just a lot, a lot of things are going on in pop culture um, that I won't get into right now because we're going to focus in on hoops. Now, I do want to say this. This is episode number 20. We're going to be back next Monday with episode 21, and I will have a special guest. So today, I don't have any guest, but next week, I promise you, I have a special guest and. I think you're really going to want to tune into that. Now, for today's episode number 20, I'm going to cover the following. We're going to start with NBA. I'm going to talk a little college basketball, preview a little bit with high school basketball here locally in the tri-state area. I also, would, I also want to jump into, I'm a big shoe guy. So since I was in seventh grade, whatever, was that, 12, 13 years old, I've been a shoe collector. And I love my shoes. I have over 300 pair of shoes. And Recently, um, just through Instagram, Twitter, and all that, uh, there was an unveiling of the new Air Jordan sneaker, the Air Jordan 33, which is basically the signature shoe of the Air Jordan line. And it's always a big deal when the new Air Jordan comes out. 
And it's always been like that since I was, was young. And in today's, today's age, it's really different because of social media on how things are released. It was released a lot different when I was growing up. So we're going to talk a little bit about Air Jordans today and the Air Jordan 33, the look, the performance. We're also going to lastly talk about the new album from Quavo of the Amigos. <laughs> we got to definitely talk about Quavo's album. All right, so let's jump right on into, now Quavo's a big NBA fan. Um, I've seen Quavo actually uh, play a little basketball. He's not bad, lefty, uh, not, a bad, not a bad player. I think recently he was at the Houston Rockets uh, practice and he was shooting around a little bit. Which leads me to segue into tomorrow night, something I've been waiting for for a long time, and that is the start of the NBA season. October 16th, we're going to have two games, Philly versus Boston, OKC versus Golden State. Now, these aren't just ordinary games. I mean, these are going to be really, really good games. Philly and Boston, I think, are the creme de la creme of the East. And then OKC, Golden State's going to be a great matchup, obviously because of Westbrook and Durant. It's just a great storyline there. Although I don't think, like with the Philly-Boston series, those are your two best teams in the East. Now, as far as OKC and Golden State, I don't think those are your two best teams in the West. I think Golden State's your best team, and Houston is your second best team. But the storyline behind that game is great. It'll be fun to watch. And what a great way to, to tip off the NBA season. So, so many storylines in NBA, and I'm not going to get to all of them today. What I'm going to basically focus and concentrate on is the East, the West, and who I think can potentially win this season's MVP. Now, look at the East. I've already said this. I think Boston is, is the best team in the East, and a healthy Boston team, I, I also have to say that, a healthy Boston team should come out of the East as the Eastern Conference champions and, and make it to the NBA Finals. Uh, Kyrie, um, he's, I mean, he's been known to get hurt quite a bit. In, now, now, this year we're seeing the, uh, I guess you'd call it the Afro Kyrie. He's got the fro grown out, so we're, we're going to see what that's about. He's got some special powers with the fro. Uh, Gordon Hayward, let's see if he can stay healthy. I mean, I mean, crazy last year. Everyone was so excited to see this Boston team play. And first game of the year, Gordon goes down with a, just a, a, a gross uh, injury. He's, he's come back. He's healthy. So if this Boston team can stay healthy, watch out. I think the second best team in the East, and most people will agree with me on this, is Philly, uh, the process. And, God, you talk about a team that's been fun to watch, regardless of if they're the best team in the East last year or not or whether they're in the finals. They're just fun to watch. Embiid is great for our sport. Um, he's got so much He's got so much enthusiasm, just a lot of swag. Just th th there's things about Embiid that the game of basketball kind of needs. I think if you look in the years past, we've had players like Embiid um, that have brought kind of a, a, a comedic twist to their personality. I think Dwight Howard was like that. Um, if you remember when Dwight Howard was in the dunk competition way back, he was wearing the Superman cape, kind of like Shaq did, and apparently Shaq and Dwight had a beef about that. But uh, Dwight Howard had a, just a tremendous smile and personality that people gravitated towards. 
Um, and I think Embiid has that, but the difference is I think uh, Embiid has a, a little bit more of a, n a nasty edge on the court and a lot more potential than Dwight Howard. Dwight was very limited, but from a personality standpoint, I think there's some similarities to, to that. Not, not, not that not that Embiid is, is smiling and, and, you know, like like Dwight Howard would always walk around smiling. Not that he's doing that, but just a personality that people within that franchise and that particular community in Philly are really gravitating towards. And obviously you have arguably the next LeBron-type player um, in Ben Simmons with Philly. And they just have so many great pieces. Um, Markel Fultz, it's going to be interesting to see how he plays. When he was injured uh, last season and then coming back, he had that really, really goofy jump shot. I'm not sure if it was just in his head, um, but apparently he's, he's fixed it to some extent. I have not had a chance to really watch him much in preseason. It's going to be fun to watch him. T.J. McConnell, the other guard with Philly, who I know pretty well. As a matter of fact, we've got to get T.J. on the podcast. I'm going to, I'm going to make it a point to get T.J. McConnell at some point on this podcast. So out of the East, those are my two teams. You've got Boston and Philly, and I think it's going to come down to those two, Boston edging them out and making it to the NBA Finals. Now in the West, I think it's pretty obvious to everyone that's Golden State uh, being the best team and then the Houston Rockets being the second best team. I think Golden State and Houston going at it. I think it's going to be an excellent series, although I think Golden State will just be too much and then making it to the uh, NBA Finals versus Boston. Now, th there are some people that say, okay, we know who's going to be in the Finals. This is boring. Golden State's going to win it again. Why should I watch? And I, I totally disagree with that. Even though we, we probably do know that Golden State, if they stay healthy in – everything goes according to to their plan they should win the nba championship this year houston could give them a tough series now but i do think gold state can win it but it's just fun to me it's always been fun watching the process of teams you know back in the day i mean i thought the bulls were going to win it every year prior to that people thought the lakers were going to win it every year people thought the celtics were going to win it but you still watched. You still enjoyed that process. You enjoyed the great basketball you were watching. I mean, think about that. Golden State, if they go on to win 74 games plus and win an NBA championship, I mean, you've got to put them up as one of the greatest teams. I mean, people are already saying it's the greatest team ever, uh, one of the greatest teams assembled. But you, you have to put them up there. I mean, no team has, has ever done that. That, to me, is, is, is fun to watch, just the, the soap opera that's going to occur. And you're looking at uh, you know, Kevin Durant, who I think could, at the end of the day, go down as one of the greatest offensive players the, the game has ever seen when it's all said and done. And Steph Curry, someone that really changed uh, the game of basketball uh, from a position standpoint. Um, and then the Rockets, you know, you just look at Harden and, and Chris Paul. And Chris Paul, one of the great point guards of, of our time. You know, you look at Chris Paul and John Stockton, who I think are very similar in some ways. You're just, you know, you're, you're, we're watching. And, and when Stockton played for the Utah Jazz, he was such a steady, you know what you got, night in and night out, Hall of Fame point guard. And I think we're seeing that with Chris Paul. You know, consistency, you know what you're going to get, great leadership. 
Um, and the Rockets, you know, God, they're, they're going to be fun to watch. And when that, if Golden State's healthy and Houston's healthy, I think that series is going to go down to the last game, although I think Golden State's going to edge it out. And then we're going to see a, uh, a finals in Boston and Golden State. <clears throat> now, here's the only thing I will say about the finals that I can envision in happening. If Golden State is in a tough one with Houston and they make it out to play Boston and Boston is in a, in a tough one with Philly, I, I think Boston really could give Golden State a great series. I do think Golden State still wins it because they have the superior talent. But I really think Boston could give them a great, great series. And if, for some reason, Golden State gets tired, a little worn down, let's say they, they go for 74 wins this season, you know, you're, you're a little tired. Whereas Boston could rest some guys here and there, thinking about the long-term plan. They could go into that series a little more healthy and rested. You never know what could happen. I will say this. My prediction is Golden State wins it all. And if Golden State wins it all, I think this is the last time we see Golden State as they are. My prediction is Kevin Durant is off to the New York Knicks. Now, I've said this before. People disagreed with me. Then it started becoming the, kind of the hot topic and the hot thing to talk about, and that's KD to the Knicks. Now, if you're the NBA, KD to the Knicks is a dream come true. From a standpoint, you now have the top two players in the world playing for your top two media teams in the world. LeBron with LA, KD with New York. Those are your top two media towns right there. Got Hollywood and the Big Apple, your two best players. I could see that happening. I could see the NBA wanting that to happen. I think that would be great for the game of basketball. And you got to think about this. The game of basketball is international. It's not just, you know, a, a game that's just purely loved in the States. You know, you, you got to think back to when Michael Jordan was playing and they went and played in the Olympics and, and he went over and Michael Jordan was, was overseas and they went Barcelona and all these other places. You know, Michael Jordan, you know, is on video saying that he couldn't believe how people loved the game of basketball, loved him around the world. And the game is even bigger now than it was when Michael Jordan played. Thanks to Michael Jordan and the great athletes of today, the LeBron James, the KDs. I'm going to tell you what, the Knicks, as bad as they are, and I am not a Knicks fan at all. For, for years, I've, I've always been a diehard Bulls fan because of Michael Jordan, and I've disliked the Knicks because of the Knicks-Bulls rivalry, but the Knicks are loved overseas. You go to Japan, China, they love, there's people walking around with New York Knicks jerseys, and they are awful. They have been awful. But get KD, you, you never know what other piece they could land, because there's going to be some movement after this season. Porzingis is there. That's a tough combo right there. So you've got, you got New York, and, and who knows who knows what other movement Golden State might have? Now, Klay Thompson 
might leave and go join, you know, I'm hearing the Lakers. I don't think that'll happen because I think Clay Thompson is a, he's a, he's a West Coast guy, so I don't see him leaving the West Coast unless there's a lot of money involved, but he's a West Coast guy. I think he's comfortable in the Golden State system. Um, he's not a number one guy. He's not going to go to a, um, you know, a, a last place team in the NBA and be the number one guy. I just don't see him doing that. I think he's happy and comfortable with his role in Golden State. So I see him staying there. A lot of people see him potentially leaving, but I could see those pieces, Steph and, and some of those guys staying there and maybe adding some new pieces, but KD definitely taking off and going to the New York Knicks. All right, two more things I want to jump into with the NBA. I love the NBA, by the way. I cannot wait for tomorrow. And I'm going to go to a lot of NBA games this season. Indiana Pacers, uh, their arena's, gosh, less than two hours from Cincinnati where I live here. And I just love going to Pacers games and getting a chance to see some guys I know uh, come to town and play. So my MVP voting. So here's my theory on that. People always say LeBron James should be the MVP every single season. They're probably right. Now, I, I like to see other guys win it. And I know from the NBA standpoint, they always look to promote the next guy. Listen, LeBron James is in his 16th season. I don't know how much longer he's going to be around. And, I, and I'm on record saying that when Bronny, his son, is old enough, LeBron and Bronny play either together or against each other in NBA for one season, and LeBron is out of here. He's off to all his businesses, which I think he's, I'm going to talk about in a second here. I think he's doing a great job with all that. But LeBron James doesn't have a lot of, in my opinion, he doesn't have a, I mean, he has some seasons left, don't get me wrong, but I don't think he has a long time in this game. Father time's undefeated. You have to start grooming your next guys. Anthony Davis, the Greek freak. Those two guys right there, I think potentially will be this season's MVP. Now, I think LeBron James could win this season's MVP, but I, I, I think LeBron's looking at this as the Lakers are a year away. They are a year away. If KD leaves and goes to the Knicks, Anthony Davis, who just signed with LeBron's group here for, for management. AD, Anthony Davis comes over to the Lakers. You add AD with LeBron and these other pieces. The Lakers are right back in it. They are a championship contender. But AD and the Greek freak, these, these two young guys, I think are the next guys up for the NBA, along with Ben Simmons. They're, they're, they're kind of like the future. They're the next generation of the NBA. You know, you've got, you've got Steph, uh, KD, LeBron, Harden. You've, you've kind of got that level of, of player, and then you've got AD, Greek Freak, and Ben Simmons. Those guys are kind of next up. So I'm thinking, from an NBA standpoint, they want AD to have a great season. They want the Greek freak to have a great season so they could have them as the MVP and the next marketable player. So my pick is Anthony Davis as this season's MVP, regular season MVP, and AD 
taking off next year and heading to the Los Angeles Lakers, which segues me into this season's Los Angeles Lakers, who I think are going to have a surprisingly great season. And, and listen, when I say great season, I think Magic Johnson is smart enough to know, and LeBron is a super intelligent guy, and both of those guys are smart enough to know they're not going to win the NBA Finals this year. But what they're, what they're doing is they're putting together a blueprint, and they're, they're, they're putting together a foundation so that next year and the years to come, they can win multiple championships. I see AD coming next year and the Lakers winning the NBA Finals. I can really see that happening, and I think LeBron and Magic know that. But this season, the Lakers will be much improved from last year. I like the young talent. Kuzma, I'm telling you, Kuzma's tough. As much as I've been critical of Rondo in the past, I like Rondo with LeBron. I, I think there's a mutual respect there. And Rondo is really, he's putting a lot of guys in check right now. I just read an article that the entire roster for the Los Angeles Lakers was watching preseason film and breaking film down. Rondo said that's the first time he's ever been on a team since he's been in the league where every single guy is watching and breaking down film together. Now you might say, oh, whatever, cool. I think that's a big deal, and I think Rondo's been a veteran leader in that. And I think Rondo's great for this Lakers team. I think he's gonna help. I think he's a great pickup because he's really gonna help Lonzo Ball. I feel like Lonzo Ball has a lot of potential, and I said this, you know, with him coming out of college, I, I really think Lonzo Ball has a chance to be a good NBA player. Not great, not a Hall of Famer, but a really good NBA player, and there's nothing wrong with that. Now, I know you're, you, people are saying he's a number two pick in the draft, he should be great. You know, Magic saying his jersey was going to be hanging from the rafters. That's yet to be seen. I don't think it's going to happen. But I think he could be a very, very good NBA player, and he could help lead the Los Angeles Lakers to an NBA championship at some point. But he's got a lot to learn. He's gotten stronger. I think he added 15, 20 pounds, something like that, during the offseason. His shot has improved a little bit. I know his first preseason shot was an air ball, but then he's made a couple more. So he's improving. But he, he needs a veteran leader like a Rondo to show him things, teach him how to be a little bit, little bit more mentally tough. And I've seen Lonzo shy away from mentally tough situations. And I think Rondo's going to help with that, along with LeBron. LeBron's going to show this young man a lot. And, and one thing that I do love about this LeBron is he's really helping the next generation. Like these young guys, whether you're playing with the Lakers or playing with other teams, he's helping the next generation of players to make the game of basketball even better because I think he's smart enough to know that one day he's going to be an owner. He's going to be an NBA owner. He's going to have enough money to own an NBA team and he's got to have that that kind of that Magic Johnson personality to where he's you know, he he's the face of the league and people love him, people respect him and that's going to and, and those things plus him having a lot of money will lead into 
him owning his own team. So jumping, I talked a lot about the NBA because I just love the NBA. So jumping out of the NBA, let's jump into college basketball really quickly. And college basketball, and I only want to talk about uh, the Bearcats right now, but then dive into kind of the tri-state area and, and some of the teams. The college basketball just in this area alone is, is so good. So I, when I go and travel, if I go to the West Coast or down South, I always tell people the college basketball in our area is so good. I mean, it is, it is so much good basketball to watch. And I'm, I'm going to dive into all the teams and explain to you why we have such great basketball here in the area. But starting with my Cincinnati Bearcats, uh, the Bearcats have a lot of things going on for them this season, uh, one of which is a new arena or basically a refurbished arena. So they took the old Fifth Third Arena and gutted it, and they're presenting this whole new state-of-the-art arena, which opens up, uh, I believe, November 1st, uh, their exhibition game against I think they played Tulsa. I mean, who they play? I forget who they play, but play an exhibition game. Tusculum. That's who they play. It was on the tip of my tongue. So they play uh, Tusculum in the exhibition game, uh, in which you know a lot of these fans, and it should be a lot of people there because a lot of people want to see this this new arena, uh, state of the art scoreboard, uh, great seating. And I know a lot of people complained about Fifth Third Arena in the past as far as the seating. Uh, and by the way. When I played basketball at the University of Cincinnati, the arena was called the Shoe, the Shoemaker Center. Now it's called the Fifth Third Arena. People call it Fifth Third. As long as I'm around, it's going to be the Shoe. Okay? Now I know I'm on the podcast, so I got to say Fifth Third Arena, but it's the Shoe. I don't care what anybody says. It's the Shoe. And see, I was talking about my, my, my teeth together. That's, that's when, you, when you mean business. <laughs> so... Now the big game, here it is. The big game is November 7th. God, it's been a long time. The Bearcats play Ohio State. The first regular season game to open up this new arena. Man, sold out. Everyone's pumped up. Now, I, 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 God, I gotta say this. I, I wanna say this game versus Ohio State might be a bigger game than the Crosstown shootout this year. And I, and I tell you why. It's the opening of the new arena. We haven't played Ohio State in a long, long time. There's going to be a tremendous amount of energy in that building. It's going to be crazy. And of course it will for the shootout. But, man, that Ohio State game is going to be special. And the walk-on for Ohio State, Joey Lane, who's been a friend of our show for a couple years, we're going to have Joey Lane come on prior to the Ohio State-Cincinnati Bearcat game and talk a little bit about the Buckeyes and where they are and, you know, just, just a lot of walk-on talk because I like to have walk-ons come on my show because I was a walk-on. Um, and speaking of that, Bearcat walk-on Sam Martin, uh, we're going to get him on the show here very soon uh, before – actually, we should have him come on before the exhibition game against Tusculum. Matter of fact, that's what we're going to do. I'm going to write this down. Sam Martin – before the Tusculum game. We'll get Joey Lane from Ohio State before the Ohio State game. I'm writing this down. See, I'm making up the podcast as we go. This is great. So now, the Bearcats, you know, here's the tough thing about the Bearcats this year. They lose three guys, and in, in, in one of which is, is one, of, one of the great not only, not only one of the great Bearcat players to ever put on the Bearcat uniform, but Gary Clark, who was just on our podcast, 
uh, a couple weeks ago. Gary Clark goes down as one of the most fan-friendly, loved players to put on a Bearcat uniform. Fans love Gary Clark. Gary Clark's now in the NBA. Kyle Washington, I believe he's probably going to be playing overseas. Jacob Evans is playing with the Golden State Warriors. So three of your top players are all gone. So uh, they do have Jaron Cumberland returning. He had 11.5 points a game last year. He's preseason first team in the AAC. UC's picked to be number two in the preseason poll for the AAC. Uh, UCF is picked to be number one in the conference. Uh, UC's coming off last year a great season, in my opinion, at 31-5. and five. Um, Their eighth straight NCAA appearance. Uh, appearance. They had a tough game. They, they lost to Nevada. Um, Nevada's, I mean, gosh, they might be a top five, top ten team in the country this year. They return, return a lot, can score the basketball. That was a very, very tough matchup for UC and a tough loss for the Bearcats. And a lot of people picked the Bearcats to make a big run last year in the tournament, including myself. And uh, obviously it was a disappointing game. But what's, what's so interesting about this coming year's Bearcat basketball team is we just don't know. Jaron Cumberland is our 11.5 points per game returning leading scorer. And then there's a lot of question marks as far as who can score, who's going to score in the post, who's going to hit the open jump shots. When they start to double on Jaron and he's got to throw it to somebody else, who's that going to be? Is it going to be Kane Broom? Is, is Keith Williams going to step up? You know, there are a lot of question marks. Now, that doesn't mean this team can't be very successful, which I think they will. Uh, the one thing that Mick Cronin always has made a backbone of his teams, and that is defense. The blueprint, that's just Bearcat basketball is, is defense. And no matter what teams you have year in and year out offensively, you always, you always can control defense and being a sound defensive team. And Mick Cronin does an excellent job at that. So there's no question in my mind that this season uh, the Bearcats will be very good defensively. The question is going to be offensively where they're going to find scoring from. Like last year you could throw it into Gary Clark. Gary Clark can step out and hit the three. Kyle Walker can shoot that crazy jump hook, which I've still never seen in basketball, but it went in. He can hit that little 15-footer. Uh, Jacob Evans could, could do it all. Uh, where do you where do you find that this season? I don't know the answers to that. Mick gets paid a lot of money to figure that out, and I'm sure he will. Now, I'm, I need to go to a couple practices. I usually try to um, go to about three or four before the season starts and just kind of check out the team, meet some of the new guys. I know a lot of the guys from last year. I've had a chance to talk with some of the guys from last year and run into them here and there around town. But I need to go to a couple practices, and once I do that, I'll be able to come back, give you some thoughts on the team. And matter of fact, I need to get Terry Nelson, former uh, Final Four Bearcat player, uh, also does uh, radio and TV for the Bearcats. I need to get him on the show to talk a little bit about the Bearcat team and his thoughts on it. So I'm going to write that down as well. Gosh, we're going to have so many guests. Got my hands full here. One thing with this season, too, with the Bearcats is their uh, out-of-conference schedule is a lot better than it's been in the past. Um, at UNLV, which I think will be a, will be a good one, um, Xavier at home, UCLA at home, I believe at Mississippi State. you got Wichita State home and away. So a lot of good quality games. I think the schedule will benefit us from a standpoint that uh, there's going to be a lot of um, ups and downs with this team, just learning a lot of new things. and. You need some of those games where you can learn, where you can make mistakes and still win. 
And um, I think we're seeing that with this UC football team. It's a young, the third youngest football team in college football, and the Bearcats football team is 6-0 and right now in their bye week. And um, they've won, they found a lot of different ways to win games, even though they're young and making mistakes. And it's making them better. And hopefully we see the same thing with this season's Bearcat basketball team. So uh, we'll get a little more in depth into college basketball as we go a little bit further and talk about the Bearcats. And like I said, we'll have Sam Martin to walk on from the Bearcats on. We'll get Terry Nelson on. We'll get Joey Lane from Ohio State to talk about the game coming up. But let's talk uh, quickly about just the tri-state area like I was alluding to earlier on how there's, there's so much great basketball in our area. Just, just drive down the street from, from, from uh, the University of Cincinnati, just drive down Vine and you can get over to Xavier. Uh, Xavier has a new coach in Travis Steele. I should say a new head coach. Travis Steele has been there as an assistant in the past and Travis Steele has been a main recruiter for Xavier for a long time and has a great relationships with the players that he has recruited and I'm sure the ones that he's currently recruiting. Um, so it's going to be interesting. Uh, Xavier, like UC, uh, very similar last season in, in how they played. Uh, had a tough loss in the, in the tournament like the Bearcats, losing some really tremendous players, J.P. Makura, uh, Trayvon Blewett. So they're kind of rebuilding as, as well uh, from that standpoint. So, so Travis Steele, I think Travis Steele will do, a, will do a fine job. If you look historically, at Xavier's coaching tree, the formula that they've followed for, gosh, since I was a kid, just grooming that assistant coach to be the head coach, just from um, you know going back to Pete Gillen to Skip Prosser, from Skip Prosser to Thad Mata, to Sean Miller, to Chris Mack, to Travis Steele, you can go on and on. They've done a tremendous job and been successful doing that. So that blueprint right there tells me Travis Steele will be successful as the Xavier head coach. So Chris Mack, former Xavier head coach, leaves and goes to Louisville. He'll be taking over the Cardinals. Uh, I've had a lot of people ask me, he says, do you, do you think Chris Mack can be successful at Louisville? And I say, why wouldn't he be? Think about this. Chris Mack was very successful at Xavier with, in my opinion, with limited resources compared to a Louisville, uh, North Carolina, uh, you know, a Duke, Arizona, he doesn't have the same resources that those schools do. So Louisville, he's going to have access to a private plane as much as he wants. He's got Papa John's, he's got Yum Brand, horse racing money. He's got all these different, different uh, resources to be successful. I think Chris Mack, and also I think Chris Mack's a very good coach. So you, you put all that in the pot, stir it. Uh, I think Chris Mack will have Louisville rocking and rolling in a couple years, and it wouldn't shock me if they were in the Elite Eight uh, Final Four at some point very soon. Uh, right down the road, the Dayton Flyers. Uh, UD, my father grew up in, in Dayton, Ohio, so I'm, I'm Always kind of been a UD fan because of that. Um, Anthony Grant is uh, the head coach there, has recently took over. Um, I've known Anthony Grant since his days with the Florida Gators. Uh, my brother works for the Florida Gators football team, so um, I got to know Anthony Grant when he was at the University of Florida. Uh, it's, it's great to have Anthony Grant at the University of Dayton. I think he's a, he's a great representative of the University of Dayton, having played there. Uh, he's a smooth dude. He, I call him the Denzel Washington 
of college coaching. He is very, very smooth. He does great in the community. Um, his, yeah, I know he does a lot of speaking engagements, and he just wows everybody with, with his ability to handle himself. And that's going to pay off in, in, in the long run at Dayton with getting recruits and building a program. So I think Anthony Grant's going to be successful. He just, just needs a little bit more time, and he needs a couple more recruits. Uh, Ohio State going up to Columbus, the team that the Bearcats will be playing. Chris Holtman, uh, new coach, has done an excellent job. I ran to Chris Holtman this uh, summer down in Orlando and, and complimented him on the job he's doing at Ohio State quickly. He's done a great job. And, you know, you always hear in, in coaching, you usually can tell if a coach is good in their second year. You start to see a change in the culture and uh, the success. And, um, I mean, you're, you're going to see that with Chris Holtman. He just does a great job. He's a, he's a, I think he's great at building a culture. Um, and you hear that a lot in, in sports. It's probably used too much, but I think there's, there's a lot to that. And Chris Holtman does a great job at, at building a culture. And, and if they can just, gosh, if they can just lock up some of the best players just in our area to go to Ohio State, he's going to be successful. You don't even need to go too far. You don't drive too far from Columbus. Uh, NKU, John Brandon, who I think is a fine coach, uh, doing a great job. Known him a long time. Um, and he's, he's one of those guys, I don't know how long he's going to be at NKU. If he has another successful season, um, he's going to be gone. Uh, I, think he's, I think he's that good and he's doing a good job. He's a guy that he kind of just puts his head down and he, he works. Um, I ran into him last year. Um, after one of the Bearcat games, and uh, just the nicest guy. He said, hey, come to a practice, come, come hang out, come to a game, we'll, we'll get you tickets, we'll take care of you. Just a very, very nice, very nice dude. Uh, back to Dayton, Wright State. Wright State coming off an NCAA appearance. Uh, you know, I, I think Wright State's coach is, is doing an, an, a great job, another great coach. I know I've complimented all these coaches, but I mean, so many of them in our area are, are good. Uh, they're losing, Wright State's losing um, a young man that I know very well, uh, Grant Benzinger. He's a Cincinnati-grown kid. Um, father played for the Cincinnati Reds, Todd Benzinger on the World Series team. Grant went to Moeller High School, uh, one of the better players to come out of Moeller High School, um, and just had a tremendous college career, and he's playing overseas right now. I think he had 33 points the other night. Um, and in one of his... Uh, overseas debut playing professionally and um, uh, his agent uh, uh, Brandon Hunter who I know very well we, we talked about that and, and Grant's doing amazing things over there but he was he was definitely a leader of that Wright State basketball team last year so it's going to be interesting to see who Wright State has this coming year player-wise and who steps up to uh, um, be that leader this year but you know Wright State's always Wright State they're going they're going to compete. Um, IU Archie Miller and I've always said this, Archie Miller is another guy who just, like NKU's coach Brandon, he just, he puts his nose down and he works. You know, he doesn't have a lot of time to talk. I'm just going to get it done. Um, big time recruit, Romeo Langford's there. Uh, everyone's saying he's a one and done guy. He's an NBA guy. So Archie's starting to get it done in IU as far as recruiting, getting in those players that they need to get in. And IU definitely uh, will be rocking. I don't think they're in the top 25 preseason, but wouldn't wouldn't shock me if, if IU ends up in the top 25 very shortly after the season starts. 
Speaking of top 25, UK in some polls is number one, in others they're number two. Uh, I believe in Sporting News, Mike DeCourcy ranked them as number one. Interesting thing about UK, they lost six kids from last season. They had six more kids. It's like that every year. It's like the bus leaves with six kids, the bus arrives with six more kids, and they just find ways to get it done. And as critical as I've been of Coach Kyle in the past, I think he's a X and O's. I think he's a good coach. Um, I don't think he's a great coach. I think mean, there are a lot of people that would agree with me on that. But I think there's something to be said about blending great talent to be successful. And that's part of coaching. So I'm not going to say Cal's a bad coach. Some people say, oh, he's not a great coach. He's got great talent. Well, you know, Phil Jackson is, is one of the greatest coaches to blend talent together. And that's a talent in itself. And Coach Cal does a tremendous job, as, as, as we've seen, with doing that. And if you look to, I think this is, a, this is a testament of Coach Cal. If you look at, since the day he got to UK until now, if you look at all his former players, it seems like almost every one of them comes back. They're supportive. They're, they're wearing their Kentucky blue out. You know, a lot of them are in the NBA. You see them wearing UK stuff. You see him coming back to the alumni game. I think that's a testament to Coach Cal and his relationship building and the great things that he does with that. So I, I, I give him the ultimate respect uh, for that. And like I said, there's so much talent and so many great teams just within the tri-state area. Just think about this. We can drive from Cincinnati right down to Lexington and see the number one team in the country. Almost year in and year out, they're top five, if not number one. And then go and, and, and watch Xavier and watch Louisville and see Dayton, Ohio State, NKU, Wright State, IU. I mean, it's, it's incredible. And one thing that I must do this year, I have to make it a point that I need to make my rounds and go see everyone play this year. And I didn't do that last year. I didn't go see Louisville play. Um, I did see Ohio State. I didn't see Dayton. I saw Xavier, NKU, Wright State. I didn't get to see IU or UK, but I'm going to make my rounds and get to see all those, all those teams um, this year. So uh, I'm going to leave that to segue into, uh, you know, I talked about all the great college basketball in the tri-state area. There's also a lot of great high school basketball in the tri-state area between northern Kentucky and um, southwest Ohio here. And I think the difference this season with high school basketball is we're not going to see a lot of hyped up talent this year. We're going to see more great team play. And so, so let me explain that so it doesn't come across the wrong way. There were a lot of top players in our, there were a lot of tough players. Darius Baisley uh, was, was probably the most hyped up kid in the area and we're not going to just see as many of those hyped up players this season we're going to see a lot of solid teams and a lot of great uh, team basketball to watch and, and that's that's kind of been a a trademark of our area that we have a lot of great coaches in this area between northern kentucky and southwest ohio there's no doubt some of the best coaches in the tri-state are right here and I think proof in the pudding is going to be this season when some of those teams don't have the same amount of talent as they have had in the past, but yet they still have a system in place in which they can plug in different type of players and still be successful. 
Um, I will be back for um, another season. I think, gosh, this might be four years. Is it four years? Man, I can't remember. I'm getting old. Uh, this will be my fourth year of doing the Basketball Insider segment on Channel 5 WLWT, our NBC affiliate. So on Friday nights, I will be uh, Friday nights, Saturday mornings, and sometimes on Sundays you will see me talking about high school basketball, talking about the top players, top teams, uh, great coaches in our area, and just great stories. So I will be back with that starting in December. I'm super excited about that. Um, but what, what I'm going to do is, and it's still early, um, Kentucky started tryouts today, uh, November 2nd, Ohio starts. So once that kind of all, all the dust settles from all that stuff, we'll do kind of a high school basketball preview of who are some of the top players, the top teams, uh, maybe some coaching shifts around the city because there's some new coaches here and there that I think are going to do an excellent job. Uh, so when we get towards that, I'd like to probably have a couple guests, maybe some of these top players from around the city and a couple coaches. I've already talked to a couple coaches about coming on the podcast, and they've agreed. So uh, jumping it right on in. So basketball season's here. So one of the things you have to talk about are shoes. So as I alluded to in the beginning of the show, the Air Jordan 33 comes out October 18th, uh, set to release in the white, black, red, and gold colorway. I am super excited about this shoe, and I, I haven't been this excited about an Air Jordan sneaker. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm always excited about Air Jordan sneakers, don't get me wrong. Um, all the new signature shoes, the, the 32s, the 31s, like I'm, I'm excited for them. But this one in particular, just it, it, it hit me more so than a lot of the ones of the past, and I think there are a lot of reasons why, I mean, one of which... Uh, when you get a chance to see the shoe, you can go on Nike.com and go to the Jordan uh, section and kind of kind of get a close-up image of the shoe. There's no shoelaces in the shoe. It's kind of got this lockdown lace system. It has hints in elements of the Jordan 3, which the black cement Jordan 3 was the first Jordan I ever owned. So this kind of takes me back full circle. Now, if you look at the shoe, you don't say, oh, there's the Jordan 3 there, but it's just got these hints and elements of it that I just really, really love. I thought they did a fantastic job with the design of it. I love the design. I think the design is, it's, it's got a futuristic look. I think it's right. It's, it's right there with all the things that are current design-wise. Um, it's got a great look to it. And also, um, it exists in a performance. Uh, world too and in a performance lane I should say so it's gonna be interesting to see you know you look at the North North Carolina Tar Heels Florida Gators Michigan Wolverines just looking at the, let's, let's say those three schools there they're all Jordan schools for basketball and all three of those schools will be wearing the Jordan 33 um, I had a chance to see the Jordan 33 the Gator edition and it is whew, man it's tough uh, the Michigan Jordan 33 is definitely tough. I like the North Carolina ones as well, but the Gators one, I'm a big, big fan of orange. And so these, yeah, I, I need a pair of these. So Gators, hook, hook a brother up. Uh, so I'm going to get these shoes on October 18th, uh, the first colorway. And um, I, I'm, I'm anxious to rock them, rock them with some sweats. Uh, I don't play basketball anymore, but I might have to get out there and shoot a little bit, see how the performance is. Um, also, huge shout out to Sandy, Eric Sandy, they're twins, uh, Jamal Lucas and Gentry Humphrey, 
Uh, all four of those guys work for uh, Brand Jordan and we're all part of bringing this shoe to life. And um, I'm happy to say that all four of these are friends. Uh, Gentry Humphrey is president of, of Brand Jordan of the shoe division. I've known Gentry Humphrey since 19, I believe 96. Uh, very good friend of mine, Jamal Lucas. Um, uh, gosh, he wears so many hats for Brand Jordan. Um, we've been friends, God, <laughs> man, I don't know if we go back to, to the late 90s as well. Um, and, and Jamal and I talk um, probably once a week. Uh, Eric and, and Chad Sandy. Eric is just such a star in the shoe development design world. Uh, Chad Sandy used to work uh, with Shining Star with me and uh, now working with Jordan. He just released a shoe that he worked on, the Air Jordan 5 Wings, which I am all over that shoe. I am ordering that shoe. That is a great shoe. If you get a chance to see that Air Jordan 5 Wings, got to check that out. So not only have I been collecting Jordans since I was a kid, but it's also cool to have a lot of good friends that are working and helping develop uh, the shoes currently. So really, really cool. So let's jump into the last thing that I want to talk about. And we're going to actually segue out with, with this last topic. One of the things with basketball is uh, music so, is so big in the basketball world. It's like they say rappers want to be ballers and ballers want to be rappers. So music and basketball has been intertwined. Um, you know, pre so um, before, this, before the game starts, you know, kids or college players, NBA guys have on their Beats headphones, Skull Candy or whatever they have, and they're listening to their pump-up music. Um, warm-ups, you know, all these high schools want to have certain warm-up songs to, to get them hyped up. Music is such an important part to the culture of basketball. So I think it's important that on our basketball podcast, we talk about what music is popping right now, and, and the Migos have become big, and I think in the basketball, not only just the culture, but just in the basketball culture. And Quavo, one of the, the lead rappers of the Migos, uh, just released his album, Quavo, Huncho, and he had 19 songs. Um, it might have been more than that when it dropped, but just recently, it's just down to 19 songs. I don't know if he uh, took a couple songs off of there, but... Um, I, I, I thought, I, and I'm a fan of Quavo, I'm a fan of the Migos, I like the Migos, um, but I personally thought it had way too many songs on it. Now, I, I know that some of the songs on there, maybe four, were previously released and they added it on to this, but it's just like, Quavo is not, <sighs> Quavo and the, and, and the Migos are not um, going to be quantity music, um, meaning I, I don't need 25 Migos songs. I don't need 19 Quavo songs. I need like 10 Quavo songs. There's not a lot of things that he has to talk about, let alone that I can understand what he's saying. Uh, but but it, it was just, there were, there were too many songs, too many songs that were similar. And I just felt like there wasn't a standout like home run track maybe, at least that I, don't, I didn't hear uh, right now. Um, I really love the song Lamb Talk. That's, that's, that's my cut right there. Uh, I, I like Lamb Talk. That's right in Quavo's lane. The beat, the, 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 the tempo, the melody, everything. That's a, a really, really good Quavo song. I wish this, I wish this uh, project would have been shorter and had a home run like song that everyone was talking about.
And there, there might end up being one. I, I just don't know it right now, and I could have missed it. But um, on that note, um, I've talked for a while. Man, I'm out of breath. I gotta go. I gotta go work out. I gotta go to the gym. I gotta go to the gym, do some cardio. Um, I set some goals, by the way, just so everybody knows, and y'all can hold me to this. Uh, I set some family goals in which uh, my family, my mother, my father, and myself, we all have these family goals in which we have to hit certain diet and fitness goals every month. And if we don't hit those, we are fined as a family, as an individual. And that money is put into a pot. And at the end of the year, all the money that's in the pot will then be divided amongst the kids in the family. So all the nephews and nieces. And the, the fines are, are not light fines. These are not dollar fines. They're not $5 fines. We're talking about in the hundreds. So, yeah, I've got to get on a, a elliptical, the treadmill, and um, I've got a weight goal in which I want to lose and get down to. Not that I'm fat or anything like that, but I want to get down to running a six minute mile pace. And the reason I want to do that is because my senior year in college playing college basketball, which is almost, gosh, 20 some years ago, 19 years ago, whatever it was, I don't, I don't even remember. Um, we had to run under six minute mile. And so I've had three knee surgeries since 1999. Uh, in one knee and tore my meniscus in the other knee. And to say that I can still run a six minute mile, uh, gosh, almost 19 whatever years later, I think is a uh, pretty cool thing to say. And also to say that I weigh close to the same amount uh, weight wise as what I played in my senior year. So not only to be able to, to say I weigh the same amount I played in my senior year, but I can also run that uh, mile time under six minutes. So those, that's my goal for October. And I'm going to keep you guys updated on that. And hopefully I'll be like, um, what's my guy's name? Beast Mode. You know why I'm here so I don't get fined. All right. I'm going to go hit the treadmill. I want to thank everybody for listening to another episode, episode 20 of the Basketball Insider Edition of the No Further Comments podcast. Look forward to episode 21. We're going to have some special guests back. And if you listen closely today, there are going to be a lot of special guests moving forward. I mentioned some of those folks and um, all of which should come on the show. And if they don't, I'm going to go hunt them down and uh, force them to be on the show. So I want to thank everybody for listening. And of course, as usual, my favorite rapper prior to Jay-Z, Big Daddy Kane, takes us out. Ain't no half-stepping in my Air Jordan 33.